Hello? Ah, yes. What's up? We are back with a new episode. I'm sitting here with Mr. Josh Davidson. How's it going, sir? Good. How you doing? Pretty good. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. It, yeah. it legitimately surprised the hell out of me. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> We're stoked to be here, you guys. <laughs> Making the journey all this way. Yeah. So, Josh is a filmmaker and founder. You're the sole founder yeah. yourself? Yes. Founder of Josh and Around Studios. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. What is Josh and Around Studios? I read somewhere that if you can put your name in it, you should. Yeah. And everyone knows that like Josh and is like a really simple joke. And uh, for a long time, I don't mean to go off on a tangent already, but do it. Uh, for a long time, like my working studio name was Next Level because I'm. I thought that if I had that name, it would push me to get there. Mm. Right? It's like it's really cheesy, dumb. Like I don't know. It was. It was not good. But <laughs> I cut a few early trailers with that logo. Yeah. And then when the movies got distributed, and they told me to like take everything down because like they own the rights now, and they need to decide what's distributed and what information you share. Right. Like they still ended up using a really old trailer <laughs> that still said Next Level, and oh, I had to like wow. email them and be like. Hey, just so you guys know, like you're using a way outdated, like there's an updated trailer, you know, yeah. you're using the wrong one. Jesus. So, but yeah, so then I finally settled on Josh and around studios. I was just going to go with Josh and around, but obviously it doesn't take long to get there for a name because it's such a common phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Josh and around like that website was available too. That's the other mm-hmm. thing is what is available yeah. that you like. Like I think next, I don't think next level was available because that's again a very kind of generic thing, but like Josh and Around Studios um, was like I can get my name in it, it kind of fits. And the other reason that I went with studios instead of like productions or films is because I didn't want to limit myself because mm-hmm. I do I make movies, we do the podcast now, we started reaction videos this year. I do uh, I've written short films, I just haven't done them yet. Uh, I've got like, I'm also a musician. I write all the music for the movies. So nice. I do that too. I just don't want to be limited. You know, what if I just want to put out music one day, then is it from Josh and around films? No, that's <laughs> stupid. So you say studios, you give yourself options. Right. Plus I was able to snag up all the socials and buy the, of and course. own the website. And I was like, this feels good. That's so. the most convenient thing. Like got to get all like the handles. For yeah. All the- sites and shit yep it sucks if you have like different one for each thing but a buddy of mine who i constantly uh like bounce ideas off of privately before i like go public with some stuff it's like have you ever thought about shortening it like ja studios or jazz studios like all to make it easier it's like yes friend i have thought of that it's not available <laughs> <laughs> we tried already. yeah please <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Like, so you do basically everything yourself, correct? Yeah, that's as of late. I mean, I definitely want to give credit. The first two movies, I did hire a cameraman, and obviously all my movies have amazing actors that, you know, worked for free because they were just passionate about the projects and Mm -hmm. enthusiastic about my ability to, like, see it through and and make it. So my first movie, I did have a director of photography, and for Lo and Peach, I had a director of photography as well. But the third movie that I shot, Honestly, I mean, we can talk about that whole crazy post-production insanity that was An Evening with Fiends. I don't even know if you've heard of that one. Has that been released? No. Okay, yeah, I don't think I have. Yeah, so I made a whole—I have a whole other third movie in the bank that I just finished uh, like a couple of months ago, and that's a weird one. Um, I can show you the trailer when we're done, maybe. But uh, on that one, I did literally do everything. Like, I— 
I mean, I casted it and obviously the actors are there and it, and it was not because I wanted to, mm-hmm. like, it brings me no joy to do a hundred goddamn things. This stuff <laughs> yeah. is really hard, right. but it was basically out of necessity. Like a, a cameraman that I wanted to work with wasn't available. Uh, a friend who offered, who wanted to help and edit and offered to edit my movie for free, like sat on the footage for like nine months and right. eventually wasn't able to do it because he would just kept being too busy. Cause he does all this freelance stuff. And he's like across the country. So I like had to mail him a hard drive and then he had to mail the hard drive back after I waited for like forever. Um, Which I mean, it's fine. If I need to do it, then I need to do it. I had, we actually had an original song written for this third movie by a local band called Waking Robots. Okay. And they wrote an original song for this movie and it's in the movie. And I had hoped that uh, Angie, who's, uh, she's a really fantastic singer and songwriter from Waking Robots, uh, I'd hoped that she'd be able to do the music too, but she wasn't able to. Uh, she wasn't able to commit to that because, it, again, it's a big undertaking. Mm-hmm. So she was just able to, like, well, here's the song, you know? So I ended up, I wrote it, I directed it, I, I scheduled it. You know, you I mean, you have to make a shoot schedule with the actor's availability and costumes and all that stuff. So I probably did spread myself a little too thin on that one, but yeah, I wrote the music, I edit, I edited it, I edit all my movies. I for the podcast, I record it, edit that. You know, Becca, my podcast and reaction partner, she was an actress that I met through the casting process of Low and Peachy, and we've remained friends ever since. She actually did some voiceover work for me in an evening with Fiends too, mm-hmm. in an uncredited role, nice. which I will get to. I can get to when we talk about that, but. Um, yeah, so like as of late for the foreseeable future, like I'm just gonna keep rocking it. I do have other stuff on the horizon that could really change up when I'm, you know, what this life path is. But I need a little bit of luck and I need things to go my way. But uh, yeah, I haven't really talked about it publicly because I'm like trying not to jinx it. But yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, well, you're never gonna be asking me shit, so I might as well have stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I was, so my distributor basically gave me a script writing assignment. Okay. to see if they want to produce a movie for me where they would give it a budget and oh. invest and make it. Uh, and they're Los Angeles based. Like they're like the real deal. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's a really funny story how that relationship was for- formed. But, um, so basically I submitted a script to them a couple of months ago and this is like the stuff I didn't even know existed, but they like, they g- gave the script to a company who was like paid to rate movie scripts hmm. and they rate them on a bunch of different things. Like what was the strength of the idea? What's the plot? Like what's the characterization? Like what's the commercial viability like? Hmm. Right. And so then you, they just like grade you. They just like tear you down and rate you on what is good and what is bad and all this stuff. Right. So I got those ratings back and they're actually mostly positive, like five out of five in one area, four nice. out of five in another area. They didn't like the title. Title was like a one. <laughs> they didn't like the title. <laughs> so I won't say what the title was, but, uh, but they said like, would recommend working with this writer, you know, here's some script notes and, you know, do another draft. So last month I was told that like this investor with a bunch of money wants to partner with them on this and they're looking at, so let me, well, let me backtrack. So first to even get my first script read, they like had me in almost in like an un, in like a competition with like 11 other writers where they, they basically like act, they asked 12 filmmakers they work with to write them a script that met specific standards, mm-hmm. specific genre, specific characters, specific, um, 
you know, romance? Does it have a sex scene? What type of sex scene is it? Those types of things, right? Mm -hmm. And so you had to meet all these requirements. And so they chose mine with three others to get even get rated to find out if it's going to be rated. So now back from that, just this last week, I resubmitted the rewrites. And the investor's flying in to Los Angeles from Australia next week and is going to meet with the distributor. And I basically should find out in the next couple of weeks if they pick it. If they pick it, that means I could sell it to them because there's four scripts that they want a million-dollar budget apiece. One, two, Damn. three, four. So obviously I'm going to tell them my writer fee is 900 grand. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, I don't, but it's also like important to keep realistic expectations. Like there's a real possibility that they could buy my script. What that would mean is that I could probably finally quit my day job and take a chance in the next year, year and a half of like doing creative stuff full time and see where it could take me. So that could be a big deal. Fuck yeah. Um, but if they don't, I mean, I'm still going to try to plug along and I actually have another, I have a horror movie that's like ready to go that I've actually been teasing. I have like one friend slash collaborator who worked with me on the first movie who like is a big time supporter of my Patreon and the podcast who like asks me about the horror movie all the time. Cause I kept teasing it. Like I teased at the beginning of this year, I was going to announce it. Yeah. And I even, it's already pre-typed on my phone. Like what my, like Josh Brown studios is ready to make it a movie. And here's the kind of characters we need. And here's the locations we need. And here's how much money I can offer to pay. Because that's the other thing is I'm, I'm trying to upgrade to where I pay everybody that works with me now. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you give me a location, I'll pay you. If I cast you and you act in the movie, I will pay you, you know, anything I want to try to pay, even if it's only a hundred, $150 a person. Like I do want, I want to try to break through and kind of increase or and improve the quality and kind of break through to that next level without right. the name yeah um so i have a horror movie premise ready to go um but the only reason i have not announced it and have not dove in was because of this surprise script writing assignment Ooh, from the distributors yeah. that it started in january and through waiting and writing and then getting the script feedback and then being told to rewrite and being told i needed to finish by early april if i wanted to even be considered again because the investors flying in like I literally like, yeah, I, I don't want to say like how, like the other thing too, is I do a lot of writing in my head. It's mm -hmm. so, like, I'll have an idea spin in my head for months. And then like, finally I might like low and peachy. I wrote in a week, Nice. but I had the ideas of swirling in my head for months. Right. But then when I finally was like, yeah, I've got a movie here, then it just cranks out. That just happens. Yeah. So I don't remember what the original question was. Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. No, that's crazy. Like, didn't realize there's that much of like a market, I guess, for like small independent films, like investors and everything. Yeah, there's like, like I mean, if you're not like in LA yourself, exactly, shit, you know, like that's interesting. Yeah, and it's, how they found me was just like one of my trailers online. <laughs> they were like, they liked the trailer. Yeah. They did some research on me. They reached out to me. I thought it was total bullshit. Yeah, right. I was oh, like, you, some scammers. Yep, and shit. exactly. And I'm a, I work full time. I'm a single parent, and I do all this shit, trying to like breakthrough and like you know be creative and tell stories for a living and so my i'm like red flags you know what i mean like oh yeah yeah you want to make a movie with me yeah piss <laughs> off. right and i like didn't sign with them for like a while like i vetted it and like i like read through the contract like over and over and over i had other trusted people read through the contract they want me to sign because you're signing like i don't own the rights to those movies anymore hmm. they're signed over they're gone um but uh yeah, whether it's big name or mid-tier or small, like, 
anybody can like make a livable wage making online video content whether it's reaction videos or web series or movies mm-hmm. you just need the honestly just like the drive and the minimum amount of resources like right. i'd never heard of this distributor but i looked them up they've worked <laughs> they've worked with like name talent like keith david was in a movie of theirs the actress that was in the halloween movie last year Mm. was in a movie of theirs the year before Mm. uh one of the actors from moonlight that won best picture two and a half years ago was in a movie of theirs the year before that like they're like just on the bubble of probably becoming a a known entity outside of los angeles themselves Mm. so yeah there there's all kinds of different levels of production companies out there and just because you're not household worldwide world famous doesn't mean that you cannot you know, pay the bills with this stuff. Of if course, you really especially want to. in this day and age, because yeah. the access to all this technology now, you know, gonna get very nice cameras affordably, like twenty years ago or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, but. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, where at first it really started to scare me when the internet blew up, and all of a sudden everybody can do it. Yeah, like everybody, like your your iPhone can make a movie. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, my God. Too saturated now. Exactly. Like, way too many. Not only way too many, but way too many good people. But now, recently, as I've started to find that those people were always there, and there was always going to be a quantity in a competitive market in the entertainment space. But now, it does seem like, with word of mouth and with social media, the good stuff rises to the top. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, if you're good enough and you're worth watching and people like what you're doing, it'll find its way. It doesn't matter if it's 100 people on the online line or 100 million people. Like, right. if you make it, you know, if you build it, he will come. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. There's got to be, like, a million small distribution companies, production companies, media companies and shit. But yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That yeah, it's really cool. Well, you must be doing something right. They saw your trailer and they dug it. Dude, I know. I don't know. It's That's the other thing, too, when you talk about it's crazy, like uh, – it is crazy and kind of eye-opening that, like, when you start knocking on the door of, like, the big leagues, mm-hmm. how it, like, really does all come down to money. Yeah. Like, is this profitable? Is this, like I said, commercially viable, which is literally a rating for the script? You know, like, can we turn a profit on this? Which, it makes sense on the business side, the person who needs to market and sell and get a return on their investment. But as a creative person, I'm like, how about do I care about the characters? Is the story interesting? Did it at least try to be unique in an era where uniqueness is damn near impossible? Yeah. You know? Right. So it has been really fun for me to kind of learn that side because now I'm trying to wear, like, those hats too where mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, like, okay, we started a reaction video. Can this get me views, the business side? Like, right. can I bring something in to the Patreon or the, the jazz cast or whatever? Like, can I get eyes on this? But then at the same time, I'm like – is this shit I care about? Am I just a dancing monkey on front of the camera? Just like, whoa, 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 whoa. you know, yeah. give me, give me, uh, give me views, give me likes, give me money. Cause I don't want that. What's more important to me is to like be fulfilled in what I'm doing. Like I do love the podcast that I do. We kind of stumbled into horror movies just cause we started around Halloween mm-hmm. and we just kind of try to stick with that. And the reaction videos were, uh, just because I realized so many trailers, we're being released all the time and I've got this great podcast partner in Becca and I'm looking for new ways that I can, you know, be productive while I'm waiting to find out what's going on with the script and I'm not right. quite ready to start my horror movie yet. Like yeah. reaction videos just seem like a perfect fit and that's been a ton of fun to like 
watch that grow and continue to work on it. Yeah, a good way to have like uh, continuing like content being coming out on like mm-hmm. a regular basis and shit. Yeah. Because yeah, if you're making like small films, it's gonna take a while, right? Just to, from start to like finish and everything. Dude, like well, so like I talked about evening with fiends. <clears throat> I shot that in the fall of 2015. Jeez. And because of all of the post-production changes and the challenges that I had with that movie, it only just now, you know, was is done done. You know what I mean? And that's the other thing that I thought about too is, okay, before I jump into this horror movie, do I want to lose two years of my life for a 90-minute movie? Or do I want to dedicate three to four months of my life for three or four hours of a web series? So that's why I started, like, Mark's Record Collection, this heavy metal record show with my friends and collaborator mark yeah i saw the intro to that who did the music was that that was when that was it was not crater official it, it was, was wayne and dan freetag from crater shout out yeah. both of them have been on if y'all remember check it out episode seven episode 20 something like that for those guys yeah yeah wayne um Wayne is something else. Wayne is a really talented guy and multifaceted. Yeah, he dude. can do anything. And so when I got this idea for this metal show, which was not because I knew Wayne, it was because I knew Mark. Because Mark is uh, – we, we, like, work the same day job, so we are talking all the time. And he's just, like – he's a heavy metal expert, insane. He's been to hundreds and hundreds of rock shows. He's seen, like – you know the big names metallica slayer like five six times he's seen you know guns and roses he's seen he's seen i'm giving like mainstream names right but he's also seen bands i've never heard of you'll never hear of <laughs> yeah and so he like knows them all loves them all is really passionate about the that scene so and i'm looking for wet different ideas for web series and i'm like that's perfect yeah and then and then i thought maybe actually i think it was mark's idea i was like do you think wayne would want to write the song because I was thinking, again, like, I write my own music. I'm just like, okay, i got to figure out how to do a heavy metal song. <laughs> oh, no, wait, I know Wayne. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, so I couldn't be happier. I love that theme song. It's so <laughs> hilarious. I have no idea what he's saying half the time. But... <laughs> right. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. Hell, yeah. And then I have another show that I'm working on, like a sketch comedy show in the vein of, like, uh, Saturday Night Live digital shorts or, uh, like, Mad TV, which was pre or, like, Key and Peele, where they do those. It's all pre-taped. It's not live. Mm-hmm. So I'm still working on trying to put that one together. And again, like I'm paying, I'm paying everybody for their contributions. I pay Mark for Mark's record collection. I paid Wayne and Dan um, for, or at least I'm going to, we're meeting tomorrow. <laughs> um, and then I, they signed a release and it's almost like I'm trying to expand Josh around studios to not just be me all the time. Like if there's other people that have creative projects going on and they're okay signing the rights to me, I will reward them financially for their creativity and then put it out under my banner, just like the big dogs do, just like the big leagues do. But it gives me an opportunity to work with more people and not always have to be my thing. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, who wouldn't, I just picture like somebody out there, maybe somebody I'm in my thirties, maybe there's like early twenties kid out there who's like making all these videos and he can't get anybody to watch it or doesn't think anybody cares. And he's in the quad cities. Well, if he finds me and comes to me and I like it, maybe I buy it from him and then I distribute it and I share it either through my Vimeo or my Patreon or whatever, you know, and try to grow their, their, get some, you know, views for what they've worked hard on and to grow my channel too. So I'm also really into like experimenting with stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like Mark's record collection is a total experiment. Who, who know? I mean, we're doing, we're, we're committed to one season, 10 episodes minimum. 
and if there's a if we have fun or if there's a strong response then we already have we do have plans for a second season Mm -hmm. but uh again it's do we like it and is it getting a response you know is it worth the investment because hey if not i've got a hundred other ideas you know yeah that's awesome keep cranking out see what catches yeah now you were working with it was a distributing company Mm -hmm. that uh that's interesting, like, how that works. So how would they, like, make their money back on that? Just through, like, digital well, distribution, yeah, basically? Yeah, so I can actually talk about that a little bit. There's actually more, a little bit more news about that. I just was taught, I, we were in the middle of recording my podcast last night, and they emailed me and called me, and I had to pause recording. Yeah. And Becca was just, like, sitting there, like, what's going on? Um, so for them, if you think about it, it's all profit. They didn't make the movie. They mm-hmm. didn't invest in it. They didn't pay the actors. They didn't pay. They didn't pay me any money. Yeah. You know, my agreement with them to try to get in the foot in the door was no money up front. Um, so the way that they make their money is they own the rights, and then they turn around and they use their connections because they're in the film industry, and they try to sell it, mm-hmm. and then they get the money, right? And my contract with them has something like some small percentage residuals. Like speaking of the phone call last night. I think Favorite Refrain and Low and PG both premiered on Amazon like late summer last year or around around fall maybe. I think next month I'm finally going to get $2 from that. Oh, there you <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, ball, uh, man. Yeah, but they like, but that still has to be like tax tracked and stuff. So they were calling me about like taxes. Like, but so how they profit is they, they all, you know, all of us Weekend Warriors, all of us creative people out here trying to bust our butts making really good movies that we want the world to see they find us and they offer you the deal to distribute it and then they try to sell it and they start they they try it at the highest level like they pitched it to somebody in china they weren't interested they pitched it to other like because they have like they know people in bigger studios you know that they can't like outright say that they like know and are working with but they you know they all they know people out there mm-hmm. and they pitch them to those like here's take a look at this trailer they asked me for like production notes and still photos and behind the scenes videos because they basically try to put together a package to sell your movie to somebody Mm -hmm. that's what they do normally they charge you for all that too okay so your first maybe fifteen thousand dollars if you're lucky enough to ever see that amount of money off these movies would probably go to them to recoup their investment because you know they are marketing it for you right Mm -hmm. now (laughs) <laughs> depending on how far you want to get into this they didn't charge me those fees because they're in their words they're so excited to work with me that they did not charge me that's awesome so I'm like maybe they're blowing smoke maybe they were worried I was really pissed off that they were frauds <laughs> I don't know but uh, so when I start to see my residual or pay for that like their fees they're like crossed off red like I normally like I saw how much they would have charged me but that's not charged and I'm like man if they would have charged me it would have been I'd have seen the grave before I saw a nine oh man so but not every I'm only speaking about you know my very small experience on two movies that I never expected anybody to watch those were passions those were labors of love that I made a shot on weekends you know like with with friends who all work full-time jobs um, I mean, I didn't know anybody when I decided to make that first movie. I'd like put up flyers in High V and at the bank, and uh, try. And then like I like gave the script to coworkers who I knew acted in plays in the Quad Cities, and it wasn't the worst thing they'd ever read, so they passed it to their friend. And I got a few people interested, and it blew up as like a cast of like twenty six speaking parts in that first movie. Like, there's nice. a lot. There's a guy. You said you watched Favorite Refrain. Yes. So, the 
the FBI agent Officer Jenkins, played by Xavier Truesdale, um, which uh, it's okay if you don't remember the names. There's too many characters in that movie. Um, he comes in late in the game and says he's been investigating the uh, the murders that have been going on. He's the guy with the bulletproof vest. Mm-hmm. Okay. He now he's back in Los Angeles. At the time that I shot that movie, he was like in Iowa for that summer hmm. because of some family thing that I didn't really get into. I didn't care because I just knew he was here and he was available. Yeah. But he's like he's been in the show Nip Tuck. He was mm. a, an extra in Star Trek. Mm. He was in like all these other Damn. big movie productions out there. He was in a music video for some famous singer. I don't know. Um, he was on an HBO show. He has a lot of credits nice. to his name, and he's done like voiceover work for Nike and shit like that. And he was like in the movie. And I just thought that was cool shit. Of course, <laughs> I that yeah. was so cool. That's awesome. <laughs> so, but yeah, he's he's been back in Los Angeles for a few years now, still grinding out there. And again, doesn't matter. That's the wonderful, the gift and the curse of the tool that is the internet. Yeah. Is I don't need, like I moved, uh, man, years ago, like straight out of high school. I moved two thousand miles across the country one month out of high school to live in Phoenix, Arizona, to be closer to Los Angeles because mm-hmm. I wanted to make movies. Mm-hmm. And if I had just waited like two or three years, I wouldn't have to do that. YouTube blew up. The internet blew up. Yeah. Got faster. And, uh, but yeah, so like wherever we are now, we can be in the Quad Cities, live in the Midwest. We can, we get enough followers. There's like movie reviewers. There's a really popular movie reviewer who lives in Ohio named Chris Stuckman, who has like one and a half million followers on his YouTube channel. And he just reviews movies full time now mm-hmm. because he was consistent. And he had a good quality, and he found an audience. Right. Yeah. That's all it is, is find that audience. And man, want yeah. to grow. So how long, when did you start, Josh, and around the studios? I, so I've been, like, doing movie stuff and telling stories, like, my whole life. Like, I think when I was seven years old, I wrote, a like, a kid's story yeah. as a kid. And that's a, it's called... Uh, the lion that wanted to be something else (laughs) and what it was was it was a lion who was walking around the jungle and he saw everybody else was paired up with like their perfect mate so you have like two parrots next to each other who like the they liked each other because of their beaks and then there was two monkeys together and they liked each other because of their tails and there was two other another bird that like were together because of their wings and so the lion who did not have a mate he went and made a fake tail and fake wings and a fake nose because he was trying to draw attention. He was looking for somebody who was looking for these qualities in a person to like attract a mate. And then he meets a lioness and she tells him, you know, no, this is not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in you. So like the moral of the story, and I'm like a kid of like seven or eight is like, you have to be yourself and then you'll find that person who likes you for you. Don't try to be, these other characters don't try to wear the monkey tail and put yeah. on the whatever. So like that, I like, I remember like when I was a kid and I wrote that and my mom was like, you wrote this, <laughs> this is actually good. It's pretty deep for a seven year old. Yeah. You know? And I don't know now again, I I'll have to like, now that I brought this up cause I had this memory, I'll have to like, see if I can find the book and see how close I am. At least that's how I remember the story. If that's not how I remember it, it'd be a damn good children's book now, I think. Yeah. So let's do it. Yeah. Make a book. Um, yeah, because Josh and Ram Studios. Because it's studios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and then in high school, Jackass was huge, and oh, yeah. so we did all kinds of Jackass movies with my friends, and we dress up in like cow suits and go to the library and read a book 
and then hide the camera under my coat and people just like walk by and why is a giant cow reading a book? Right. Just really fun stuff like that. And then, uh, see, I went to college at 18, a month out of high school. I went to this college that it doesn't even exist anymore, but at the time it was like really cool because it was movies, TV, video games, and, uh, animation. Mm. So like, where was that at? That was in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, nice. Uh, it's like one of my teachers directed Beastie Boys videos. That was one of my teachers. Hell yeah. Uh, he directed the So What You Want video and another one. He like directed two of them. Nice. And then uh, one of the teachers in animation worked on The Land Before Time. Ooh. And there was like, you know, video well-known video game people there. Like it was a really, they had, you know, talent at the helm for their teachers. Like one of my i think my audio teacher who like taught me about sound editing and listening to sound mixes and movies like he directed a uh um what is it a documentary about yellowstone that aired on national geographic or discovery channel or something like that so you know i'm 18 years old seeing people that are like that's what they do for a living like that's what i want to do like my mind was freaking blown you know Mm -hmm. and uh so like while i was in college i like you know, did assignment projects. I wrote scripts on assignment to learn how a, a st- how a script is written and how you should develop characters and, you know, the three-act structure, all that stuff. And then um, about a year out of college, one of my professors wanted me to star in one of his movies. So I flew back down for like a week and a half on my dime. And that's all we did, like from eight in the morning to seven at night is I was shooting a movie. And I'm like 19, 20 years old at this point. And I'm like, oh my fucking shit. Like, yeah. this is how you do it. This yeah. is how you make it. <laughs> and then uh, nothing really happened <laughs> with that movie or anything else. So I spent my 20s uh, in a long-term relationship with somebody who uh, is the mother of my child. And it didn't work out in the long run, but uh, we co-parent just fine. And so in my 20s, I was like really creatively dormant where I didn't really do a lot. I just kind of had a a bummer day job that kind of worry out so much. They didn't even have the energy to do anything. And to be honest, like when things started to pick up and then they died down, I was like, Hey, maybe, maybe that's wishful thinking. Maybe I should, maybe it's time to give up, you know? And then my son was born in 2012 and that's like mind blown, <laughs> mind blown life change, you know, Holy shit. I need to do something. I need basically like what that, becoming a parent is different for everybody what it lit up in me is that i need to show my son that i should not have given up and i should not give up and that just because you have a shitty day job that you hate which is 90 percent of life that doesn't mean you shouldn't do what fucking matters to you mm-hmm. so i say that josh around studios that is established 2012 because that's the year my son was born literally ever since then like within the first few months he was born i wrote favorite refrain nice and then that summer i you know, feet to pavement, put the flyers up, try to get out there, joined the Iowa Motion Picture Association, didn't care what the fee was, paid the fee, posted on their boards. I'm making a movie. Who's with me? I've never done it before, but I'm sure I can do it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, plowed through and made that first movie, man. And uh, it was something else. That was an experience. And then I went, I did back-to-back movies. Because at the time I was going, by the time Favorite Refrain wrapped, I was going through my separation slash divorce. And I just really wanted to stay focused on the creativity stuff. Mm-hmm. And I went right into Low and PG back to back. I was still editing, editing favorite refrain when I started shooting Low and PG. So boom, boom. Yeah. And uh, I finished both those movies. 
and I wanted to keep it going. So that's why in fall of 2015, so boom, 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 13, 14, 15, I shot movies back to back. And uh, it might have been a combination of the bad luck with the post of not getting the editor help, editing help that I thought I was going to get with uh, maybe burnout, exhaust, some exhaustion. Because again, full time, single parent, and doing all this shit. It's just like, it can be really tiring, you know? You're like a superhero or something. <laughs> yeah. My, my superpower is I can I can spend all of my time in one day without being financially successful. <laughs> Do you sleep? <laughs> Honestly, it's like five hours. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because when my kid goes to bed, that's when it's like creative time. Mm-hmm. Write the scripts, edit the shows, all the way to bedtime. And stay up as late as you can doing that and drag your butt out of bed to go to the day job that pays the bills. And then count the clock till you can get out. Spend time with your son. Son goes to bed. Creative time again. If your son's still young enough, it's like, all right, it's five thirty. Time to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at the time. Yeah, uh, that is something. You that get I'm an like, idea in your head. It's like, man, all right, I got to tuck you in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I, uh, I don't know. Is Any- that in 2012? Is that when you came up with the name? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Like, well, so yeah, 2012. Well, yeah, because before he was even born. Just like finding out that you're going to be a dad. It's like, okay, when my son is born, I am what? I'm sad. I'm dissatisfied. I'm not a role model. What am I when he's born? Maybe I'm a filmmaker. Maybe I should start doing that now. You know what I mean? And then when he's born, it's, yeah. So That's very cool. 2012 is what I say, yeah. And when you were in that school, so did they give you like a whole round out? Like they taught you how to... Like about writing too, and then like filming, lighting, sound. Top to bottom, man. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a uh, it was an accelerated course. It was full time. Uh, it was like Monday through Thursday, six hour days, where it was just like information, 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 information. It was literally yeah at every stage of production for television and film. So I learned how to break down a script for uh, like just props. You're the prop master. Read the script. You're looking for props. Go. Here's how you do it. Uh, you're you're the uh, line producer. You're the the schedule is your job. You need to figure out what actors are together. And I, I snapped this because it's still in my head. What they taught us because it's like ten or fifteen years ago. They taught us how to like break down a script, and you would literally have this string that was coded with coloring chalk. That whenever a new scene heading happened, you'd snap it down so that you could tell yourself this is a new scene. This is a new location. You know, so they taught us how to break down a script that way. So, mm. and then they even, they taught us for the big leagues. So they would like, so like part of the test is like Brad Pitt's in your movie, but he's also shooting these movie on these days. So now you have to block him out and you have to follow SAG, uh, after, which is the screen actors guild there, the actors union SAG after says that you're only allowed to give them a, that you have to give them a 10 day break in the shoot somewhere. So that way they can either, and they can use that on other projects or they can use it for their family time. Or, or I don't remember what the specific rules were, but so then you have like this giant production schedule sheet and you have, you know, people say above the line and below the line. Like above the line, people are like the movie stars, the actors you see at the beginning of the film, and then below the line are like the cast, the crew, the behind the scenes. That's who you, all you see at the end. The reason that that they literally refer to it as above the line and below the line is because literally on your scheduling sheet, there's a line <laughs> where you're where you have the actors and the on-camera talent above, and then you're scheduling the crew below. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, how to break down a script, how to like how to assign music, like if you want to use licensed music, how to annotate a script with licensed music begins here, ends at this scene. Um, 
yeah, how to schedule around location, actors availability, props needed, uh, how to storyboard, you know, I think they used Illustrator at the time, uh, how to, uh, and then I'm living with a video game designer and a cartoon animator. So I'm working on film homework, trying to break down, like write this script or break down this scene. And my roommates say, hey, Davidson, come upstairs. I want to show you something cool. He's an animator. At his desk, he shows me a cartoon that he's animated frame by frame. And it's a kid walking on the sidewalk and drops his backpack and picks it up. And it's like you're watching a cartoon on TV. And then the video game designer is like, watch. I did all this math that's really fucking hard and I can move his arm now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, geez. So that's crazy. It, it was cool. Man, <clears throat> so I bet that helps you out a lot as far as now, like how you manage your own production schedule and everything. Yeah. You follow all those same types of industry rules and everything. I do. And like it probably helps. Probably a good way. They probably done it like that for a reason. Well, yeah, and some some positive feedback that I've heard with um people that have collaborated with me is that like um, it seems like it's like professional when you're working with me because yeah. I follow the schedule. I, I like, before we start a shoot, I'll send out, I'll like create like a chain mail for all the actors emails. And cause I mean, this is like even before I used Facebook a lot cause it's going back like seven years now, six, seven years. And, uh, I'll say, here's a shoot schedule. This is the day. This is the location. These are the scenes. This is the wardrobe. These are the people that need to be there. These are the times you need to be there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and, and, and schedule it all. I should find video. The first time that I actually broke that down, I had like 30 pages broken up by actor stapled together. Like it was crazy. So it was like all around my house, like day one, these scenes, day two, these scenes, day three, these scenes. Cause you shoot movies out of sequence based on location. You know, mm -hmm. if there's a shootout at the church, which there isn't in favorite refrain, but like, so for example, <clears throat> all the church scenes that you see we shot in one or two days all on the same day but you might not see the second church scene until 45 minutes later in the movie mm -hmm. so you do it based on location most that's about you got to prioritize your time especially you because you you're wearing many hats when yeah. you're doing it yourself so that's probably crucial just to be able to schedule everything appropriately and yeah. knock it out at the right time or else yeah you're just gonna have a lot of backtracking to do if you have to go back over anything but yeah and there's pros and cons to all of it like having a director of photography a cameraman to work with me is great because that's a one less thing that i need to worry about lighting composing the shot like i tell them hey this is what we need and, and they do it but on the other hand i'm working without a monitor i can't see it i'm just relying on what the cameraman sees or i review a take really quick and let's go because i'm trying to be respective respectful of everybody's time because there's only so many hours in the day and you're all here for free i yeah. don't want to be you to be here any longer than you need to be because i do genuinely value their time you know maybe mm -hmm. to a fault maybe i should have said do it again yeah one more take <laughs> get it right yeah <laughs> you gotta push them hard you gotta direct them hard yeah. It'll never blossom into good actors <laughs> yeah <laughs> but man that's crazy so at the school they told you all this stuff about film and everything now what, how did you get into doing the music and stuff yourself so I've just been a musician basically my whole life. I got my first guitar when I was like 14 or 15, and I love it. That was like my go-to. Like I, I took the acoustic, the acoustic guitar, was in the trunk, in the drive, down to Phoenix. You know, that's like the one thing I took with me besides the clothes is the guitar. And yeah. what's funny is uh, the acoustic that I had with me at college was missing uh, the G string. So it only had five strings. 
And so a lot of my play style now, which you you can hear it in the low and peachy soundtrack, is I do a lot of I avoid the middle strings. I do a lot of plucking because in like my formative guitar self-teaching years, I didn't have that middle string. You couldn't buy one? <laughs> yeah, I probably could have. Well, when you're in school, then you're really yeah. strapped for money. So, But again, like, so yeah, it's just funny that like that formed my play style. But yeah, I just, uh, have, I'm, self, I'm self-taught. I play by ear. Like I listen to a song and I'm like, oh, there we go. Now there's limitations to that. I'm not going to listen to a, a Hammett solo and, and know it all. I can't, you know, I would say I'm advanced where solid rhythm guitarist, some solo work. But beyond that, like, I'm interested in movie music. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to go really more complicated than that, you know. And when you're doing the the soundtrack for the movies, do you work with uh, real instruments? Are you doing a lot of virtual instruments, like with a keyboard or anything? So it depends on the movie. So I guess we can just go in order, right? So favorite refrain... I actually co-wrote the music with a buddy of mine, Caleb McEwen, who I think he's up in Minnesota now, but he's the real fucking deal. He can listen to a solo and say, oh, that goes like this and then just does it, right? right. He went. He's a, he has a four-year music theory degree. He teaches guitar. He's been in all kinds of really solid-sounding bands. Like He's an amazing musician. And so I had these melodies that I had been working on, so I wrote the main melodies, like the song that brings you back to life. I wrote that riff. He transposed it on the keyboard for me. And then he did a couple of the uh, remixes towards the end of the movie too. So it was legit instrument with like a thousand dollar keyboard Yamaha that like emulates different sounds that he had borrowed to help me with this. And so on that movie, it was legit guitar as you hear it and like a thousand dollar Yamaha or whatever. Same thing with like all the keyboard, you know, the church music and this shit that plays at the end. Like mm-hmm. that's all keyboard. Nice. And then Low and Peachy was like 99% acoustic guitar, which was just me watching the movie, playing the music into a microphone. Like, okay, what feels like it needs music? Um, and then I also did, I so Low and Peachy, I did all of the music except for the songs that I was able to feature from other local bands like Crater, like um, Postmortems, like their music is in it but the original music i did write and that was acoustic guitar and again keyboard uh, right. or synth who else was featured anyone else <sighs> creator, you said creator on the post-mortems. creator postmortems and uh satellite heart okay. which they i think they i don't know if they're still a thing their lead guitarist got married and moved away and so i don't know if they stay in touch or if they're still a band but the music i mean low and peachy I'm so proud of that movie. I really am. I really wanted to watch that I know. One. And we, I was like, Amazon, what the fuck? <laughs> so here, yeah, so uh, so with Low and Peachy, I just found this out last night. It's like breaking news, okay? Uh, apparently, Amazon did a huge sweep and removed a bunch of movies off of their digital distribution and for unknown reasons. They don't know why. They didn't like it. It didn't get enough views. It wasn't worth the bandwidth. Something We don't know. The distributor doesn't know. 20 of their movies got hit. Low and Peachy happened to be one of them. Favorite Refrain wasn't. Favorite Refrain stayed. That's weird. Yeah. So they're going to re-upload it. And that was only in North America. It's still in France. It's still in Germany. It's still in all the other foreign countries. Um, That was just a North American link. And uh, so their options are to 
they're thinking about uploading it again under a different title. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Making it a new thing. Um, but the other thing that, again, I haven't even had a chance to tell anybody is they're re they're doing a new color grade on both movies because they want to try to get, uh, on iTunes because iTunes has like a, uh, even higher, stricter quality control metrics that have to be met. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to bring them up because they know I shot them without any money. They're trying to do a new color grade, make them look a little bit more higher quality mm-hmm. um, and see if they can get them to pass iTunes QC, quali- which is short for quality control. If they can pass iTunes QC, then they'll be on iTunes too, mm-hmm. which would be like huge, be really cool. Oh yeah. The other thing, which since we're talking about it, is uh, they just told me last night that they're going to be pressed for DVD to be available for purchase on Walmart and Best Buy. Nice. Um, like per order. Now, DVD is not as fancy as like Blu-ray and digital, which it's already on digital HD. But it's pretty cool to think that like movies I shot thinking nobody was, would see it is going to be available to buy on those websites. And is going to be it's going to be on a physical shelf on a store in Los Angeles and another store in like the Northeast. There's a particular chain they have an agreement with. And then, uh, so yeah, so they like asked me like, Hey, do you have any behind the features? We're going to be pressing these DVDs or behind the scenes features. I was like, yeah, I do. I got a 30 minute behind the scenes for like each one. So I'm going to e- be emailing those to them. So like, you got, the like special week. features on the, dish yeah, dish. yeah. Oh man. Who designs like, uh, I guess maybe whoever is involved with the DVD pressing, are they the ones who are like designing like the menu screen or whatever? Yep. Yeah. Right. So like the posters that I released like last summer when I got the news that they were finally coming out for distribution, um, they designed the posters. They, uh, came up with the col- that color scheme for like favorite refrain. Like they made that poster with the spooky mask and the guy carrying her on the front of the poster. Like they designed that poster and then they, they used trailers that I gave them and kind of recut and changed them a little bit through their distribution logo at the front. And then did the, they did a new title screen at the end to match, to be consistent for branding for the posters they made for both, um, like the DVD jacket. And like, I mean, think about it when you loaded, when you loaded up favorite refrain on Amazon, you see the movie poster and you see like the background picture, which the character, you know, uh, which is the masked villain in the background. Like they do, they, they select those photos to make sure that it, and they write the synopsis. Like in my opinion, they probably spoiled a little too much <laughs> for both of those movies. <laughs> like I, they said way more than I would have, but it's like, stop. Yeah. But it's out of my control, you know? Now what, what's going to happen if they change the name of uh, low and peachy will, just for like Amazon is cause it's be the same everywhere else. I don't know. I mean, especially like in the movie, like do you have like text that says, the yeah. So they're talking says? about changing the text too. Yeah, yeah. Let them do the work. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing too, is that because now normally those, those would cost me because that's yeah. time and effort and work and money that they're putting. But because they want to work with me, they're not charging me for that. They can send Amazon the bill for that. Yeah. And Amazon, and I will, I want to kind of talk about the Amazon really quick. Cause some people who might listen to this or watch this might think, well, shit, I can be on Amazon. Cause you can, you can self distribute and you can self publish on Amazon. The difference is, is their agreement with Amazon is international too. So it's not just the U S it's the entire world worldwide. And, um, the other thing is that I try, I mean, I try the self-distribution route and when nobody knows you, it doesn't matter, you know, working with a distributor who knows people who have 
mm-hmm. connections, you know, like when they put my trailers up on their page, the trailers got a couple thousand views in a couple of days. Nice. You know what I mean? Which and I, they putzed around on my channel for two years and got like 50 of my friends watching it twice. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> so how, well, how is it different than if you tried to do it yourself? self-distribute you're just basically not going to get anywhere it'd be limited to the u.s only to north america mm-hmm. and uh you would have no nobody would see it yeah, they would have no the promotion around it and everything yeah so. they're able to go they have their their distributor agreement with amazon gets them to those 85 countries and um yeah so that's pretty much that's really the only differences it's like you, you couldn't can, you couldn't like make a distribution deal with amazon yourself just to get multinational or? i honestly don't know if i could uh, I don't know if you have to be big enough or pay enough money to be Probably, able to do that or yeah. if the rules have changed for that. Hmm. Um, I've always kind of had the opinion, <clears throat> like if you're kind of a nobody like me, like, yeah, you can keep 100% of zero profit if you want, or you can split it with somebody who's yeah. a little higher up and maybe they take a cut, but you know, 20% of whatever they get is better than 100% of nobody watching your movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. I wanted to ask you, Josh and around studios. The logo is a penguin with headphones. Yeah. Where'd that come from? So the penguin, which I love, I'm like really proud of that logo. I, uh, I designed it with a family member and they, that's a real hand painted painting. And it's a combination of my first two movies. So headphones play a big role in favorite refrain, which you know, because you did happen to catch that one in yes. low and peachy. Um, there's a lot of references to penguins. The movie opens with footage of penguins. Uh, this isn't a huge spoiler because it's like how the movie opens, but like I tell the pebble story about penguins, about how when a male penguin is trying to attract a female mate, it like leave it takes it tries to find the prettiest looking pebble on the beach and takes it to her. And if she picks it up, they're married. <laughs> and if she rejects it, then they they don't ever talk again. So then like, and then like the the life police played by Wayne and Doug their uniforms kind of make them look like penguins so like a penguin wearing headphones is just like a combination of my first two movie achievements i almost added something from an evening with fiends too but i was like nah first two is good i like a penguin wearing headphones it looks cool yeah yeah did the so the logo came once you were done with both of them too so the yeah the logo is new like josh around studios has been around since i told you Uh but that logo is just of last summer because i was before that, it was just like a cartoon version of my face okay. with my face as the O in Josh and Around Studios. And then when I was rapping, getting close to the end of An Evening with Fiends, I was like, no, film production companies, you see their logo at the beginning of the movie, and I want a better uh, – it's time to upgrade the logo because yeah. that one got me the last three or four years. It's time to upgrade it. I have movies under my belt. I have things that I can reference that I'm proud of that I want to be associated with. So the logo is like less than a year old. Nice. Yeah. And we have fun with it. We, whenever there's a new month, we change the logo. It's like in October, we put in bats and Halloween around the penguin at Christmas time. We threw a, Chris, a Santa Claus hat on him and put Christmas lights on the JAS. Like we do different stuff. Very festive month. here. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And now, how long have you been doing your podcast, which is Jazzcast? Yeah. Yeah. The Jazzcast. And you said that was mainly, you're just, you're, you're like, you reviewing movies or so it's weird. I wouldn't say we're all out reviewing because I consider myself a filmmaker first and foremost. So I would say that we're having a conversation 
like the way so to answer your first part of your question then to kind of get into the show i first started the jazz cast the first iteration of it like four or five years ago when i was editing low and peachy i was like i need a podcast everybody has a podcast getting a damn podcast yeah. right and so i started it and i actually co-hosted it with chelsea who was the female lead in low and peachy and Something happened between me not knowing which direction to take the show and her. She went and got her master's degree because she's smart as shit. Uh, so she was focused on schoolwork. So I let the jazz cast go away. I did like two or three episodes and then I let it go. And then uh, last year when I had actors come back who I hadn't like seen in two years to do some voiceover work for an evening with Fiends, um, I had Becca come in again to help me with some voiceover work. And I remember, you know, we're obviously we stayed in touch. We were friends, see at birthday parties or whatever, you know? And I just was like, maybe if I had, uh, maybe if I tried again and if Becca's interested, obviously I'm doing voiceover work with her. We've collaborated before. If she's interested, we seem to have like a really good working chemistry. Maybe I can start it again. And, um, let let it find its voice you know do more than three so my 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 like new thing is like a minimum of 10 you know i'm gonna do at least 10 mark's record collection sketch show podcast i'm gonna do at least 10 mm -hmm. and if at the end of 10 i will do like a temperature check like how's it feel are we finding a voice are we enjoying it anything happening with it whatever right so with i decided to start it up again and we happen to start I think like last September. So we're like past six months now or whatever. And I was like, well, Halloween's coming up. I guess we should do horror movies. Let's do a horror movie. Okay, sure. Becca loves horror movies and is like a horror movie fanatic. I do not watch a lot of horror movies. I'm not against them. I just don't happen to watch them. So I was like, well, this will be a good dynamic. You're a horror movie expert. I'm a horror movie layman. We can watch these horror movies. You're going to see everything coming a mile away. I'm going to be surprised. People are going to laugh that I'm an idiot and you're so smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's going to be a great you got a uh, good balance. yin and yang going there. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we kicked it off. We made it through the holiday. I got to the 10 episodes and I was like, it's finding its voice now. So we've added uh, a video game segment called Game Time where we talk about video game news and video games we're playing. We added a segment called Scene Anything Lately, spelled like movie scene, where we talk about other random shows that we just happen to be watching. And then every episode, and at first we did two movies an episode, and that was way too much. So now we're down to one movie per episode. And what we do is I actually found the audio. I don't know if you remember, it's like dating me, but uh, in like the 90s, when you rented a VHS tape or owned a VHS tape, it would have that audio bite that said, and now we're pleased to, pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Oh, yeah. So I have that sound bite, and we play that in my podcast. And so we do, we, Every week, our feature presentation is about a different horror movie. And we literally walk through the entire movie and talk about it step by step. So it's not like necessarily a review, thumbs up, thumbs down, good, bad, Or like stars. your own kind of commentary, sort of? Or yeah. Like we'll, breakdown commentary? Exactly, yeah. So we'll get to the opening scene, and I'll say, all right, I'm going to stop right there. Let's talk about this opening scene. What the fuck was that guy wearing? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we'll just talk about the good, the bad, what we love, what we didn't like. And she comes at it from a like a viewer perspective and I'm coming at things from like a filmmaking perspective. Yeah. I'm like trying to break down why did they have that character do that? Why did they structure the plot in the way 
that they did? Why did they choose to reveal that information here? You know, how did they get that shot? Like, I really kind of trying to analyze it from like a filmmaking perspective to, to learn, to like figure yeah, it out, yeah. you know? So yeah, we don't really review. We don't say, you know, good, bad or whatever. It's real. It's just straight up a conversation. I do consider, I consider myself a filmmaker, not a film reviewer, which I'm okay saying what my opinion is about mm-hmm. movies, but I don't like becoming like, like even if it meant my wild success, I wouldn't want to be a reviewer. I would rather be a failed filmmaker than a successful film reviewer because I want to be in the shit. I want to oh, be the yeah. storyteller. I want to be the person. That's way more fun. Well, yeah. Well, and it's like reviewing, reviewing shit is challenging. Like articulating your words, b- being as objective as possible or as subjective as possible. If, if your thing is, this is my opinion, I don't care what you think. Uh, putting together high production value, video and audio, you know, referencing the correct cast and crew, being aware of, you know, what their past projects were and where their career path is. Like it takes a lot of work to comment on creative entertainment. I just think it's equally if not more difficult because i have an i have experience in both to come up with the shit and make it make the thing that they want to rip apart i think is exceedingly more challenging that doesn't mean they're both not difficult i just think i just know from first-hand experience making the movie is harder than talking about the movie yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) definitely yeah how long are your episodes then they range. They usually go from 60 to 90 minutes because you've got all those different segments. And then the feature presentation broke breakdown is usually about 30 to 45 minutes, um, depending on the conversation. Um, yeah, never longer than two hours. Two hours. We had, we had around Christmas time, uh, we had some two hour episodes because we also did like the game awards where we just talked about the game awards predictions for our game time segment and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So what's next for you then? Waiting on all these phone calls and stuff from the boys. In the Honestly, area. I'm in total don't rock the boat mode. I'm just like, I'm nervous to start anything because I'm waiting to find out what happens with this script. I mean, if they make me an offer in this script, like, I'll flip my shit. I'll post it on Facebook and I'll be like, hey, guess what? I'm doing this full time. If you want to give me money and help me and my kid, this is my Patreon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm going for it all the way. Nice. Um, Regardless, is that like your basically all around uh, future goal anyway just to keep pumping it out and working yeah. with the distributor and so like for the foreseeable in. future it's the jazz cast the jazz reacts which is the movie trailer reaction show uh mark's record collection which again that's not really a review show we're trying to do different things yeah so what does he do in that then? so he talks about his personal experiences from the hundreds of metal shows he's been to that you can't recreate or get anywhere else he talks about seeing slayer in february 2002 in peoria he talks about buying god hates us all on september 11th the day the terrorist attacks happened when he went to go buy the record like he talks about these personal experiences that you can't read about or see about. He's not reviewing the albums. He's talking about his relationship with the albums. Mm-hmm. And it's a work in progress. Like it is everything that I do is I try to be experimental and say, well, let's just see what let's see if this works. Let's see what works and what doesn't. Let's give it a shot. Like I'm not afraid of being embarrassed. I'm not afraid to say something didn't work out. I am afraid of like not trying new things. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh yeah, so we've got the first episodes in the bank on Patreon released live. Um the plan is once we get way through the mid season, we most likely will start pumping them out for free uh, on ba- on the back end on YouTube because I see a lot of successful like video producers do that where it's like get in early. But 
I've got big plans, man. Like if, if we meet goals that I've set up on the Patreon, we've got a plan for a Dragon Ball Z show. We've got a plan to turn the jazz cast into a video show where you can see us and, and interact with us. Uh, I'm going to start a, if we get to a certain goal, I'm going to start a PO box so we can do an unboxing show and we can be sent, you know, different vinyls for like Mark's record collection or yeah. whatever, you know, um, physical merchandise. Like we've already talked about, like, you know, vinyl skins that we can do for the Mark's record collection show or like making the penguin in a headphone keychain or mug or something sure, like that yeah. or, or combining, you know, Mark's record collection. He wears those big headphones can we do something with the penguin logo on headphones, you know? So yeah, Mark's record collection, the sketch comedy show. I'm like actively trying to put together right now. I'm meeting with people to kind of pitch my vision for it and what their availability is like. And if they're interested and, you know, based on the amount of money I can give them, are they interested? That kind of thing. And if I can get that going, you guys would probably see that in the next month or two as well. Um, and then honestly, regardless what happens, unless in the next two weeks, I get like the good news that they want to buy my script and I you know heaven forbid freaking you know offer me to direct it too I don't assume that but that would be cool mm -hmm. um, uh, I plan on giving the horror movie a shot I've got a really cool again my thing is trying to be different you know if I'm aware of something that exists in a movie and I've seen literally hundreds probably thousands of movies I stay away from it you know, like I won't do it. So I've got an idea that I think is pretty strong that I've never seen in a horror movie before. And, uh, I mean, I was ready to go. Like I said, it's, I was really amped before this script writing thing kind of put me back by a few months. So I'd say probably this summer I might start working on that horror movie too. Unless the script thing, you know, changes things. It's a little unpredictable right now with waiting on that news, but jazz cast is, for sure solid the jazz reacts is for sure solid and the web series for the patreons are for sure solid too it's just again as you get i mean six or seven years into this it's like time is a factor yeah and how much time do i have and want to dedicate to any one project at one time and can i find people who are dedicated and willing to go there you know what I mean are they just there because I paid them are they there because they love to act and they're passionate about the story you know what I mean like I want to work with people who I like working with mm -hmm. like I would take and maybe again it's a character flaw but like I would take a good collabor a, a great collaborative relationship over maybe uh, something that could get me more traction uh, you know better looking actor a better actor an actor with more connections like I don't care about that shit I want we only get to make these movies once. We only get these memories once. I want them to turn out good, but I want to have it be a positive experience for everybody involved while we're doing it. Because, you know, let's be realistic. Odds are it might not get out of the Quad Cities with people seeing it. But at least you could say, man, that was a fucking, that was a good shoot. That was a fun story. And man, that's so cool. And 10 years looking back and holy shit, it's on Amazon. That's so <laughs> yeah. cool, you know? Definitely. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's people in other countries are checking it out. Dude, when they sent me the screenshots of like, here's the foreign language poster, and I was like, I believe you, but holy shit. <laughs> yeah, right? That's crazy. Now, how does someone like yourself manage their time between normal daily life and 
single parent and then cranking out movies and everything podcasts everything well i told you like i'm pretty reclusive that's why i was like really surprised to get this invite because i don't talk to a lot of people like how does he know me i seriously was like how he's another fake one this ain't real (laughs) mobcast sure i'm like a conspiracy theorist but there's like charlie the charlie meme is my house (laughs) yes they're all they're all snakes in the grass (laughs) um honestly like that is that's the heel is there's zero social life my prior I've just decided what my priorities are my priorities are my son and making a living being creative and that means that I don't get to go to all the parties and don't get to go to all the movie nights you know I sit at home I work on the script I work on the editing I you know if I do take a couple hours a week to relax you know it's Hulu a video game or something and even then a video game is like well I'll talk about this in game time on the jazz cast yeah. so it's homework you know right um so yeah, that's that's the one thing is that I'm pretty much keep to myself and I dip my toes into the creative pool in the area when I'm ready to do something and say, who wants to give me a chance? Who's with me? And then when that happens, I just recede back into my into my house and you know spend a year editing and whatever you know but at the same time i don't get mixed up with if there's any kind of bullshit or drama i really don't end up knowing about it because i'm just like well we made that movie two years ago everything was okay with me you know (laughs) right so definitely yeah yeah i know how that is it's like i always want to be going to local shows and everything else there's lots of cool shit going on all the time it's like fuck man i'm just I'm here working. <laughs> That's like, the other thing too. Yeah, like the most like, you know, I throw your page a like, share, mention it, do what I can. Like I can't get out to those shows to support those people. Um but I try to support them where I can, you know, like it, give the shout outs, you know, I'm very thankful to everybody who gives my movies a chance and who acts in those movies because they like, you know, they show up for the, you know, depending on the character like i'm there every day but if your character is only on 30 pages of the script maybe you've got four days on this and you'll see it in two years you know um the only project so a few years ago i shot a uh i shot wrestling footage with the scw guys <laughs> um they're local pro wrestlers they're where seth rollins came out of mm-hmm. and a couple of years ago I, I shot some wrestling footage for a wrestling movie and that I know that people are curious, like, where the fuck's this wrestling movie, you asshole? You shot this stuff two years ago. So, like, I've already shared it with the cast that was attached to that, is that, like, the, basically the resources fell through. That movie was too big for me to be able to make. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it until, like, it was too late. Because, I'm again, I'm like, let's go, let's try, let's go, let's try. And sometimes that pushes me too far. So, without giving anything away, the wrestling footage is planned to be used for the horror movie. Okay. So it is, was not in vain and it is still very much intact. They gave me a great, some guy like he jumped off the top railing, 10 feet through a guy through the table. <laughs> I almost feel like they did it cause they knew a movie was being shot. I was like, yeah, were you going to do that otherwise? Cause holy <laughs> shit, I'm scared. <laughs> um, so, but I have that footage. I was really thankful. That was a fun time too. I had, all, I had like releases posted up on there on their wrestling center and got all the wrestlers to sign permission to like use their likeness and uh, at least the ones that want to appear on screen. And I got a lot of ton of great footage and it was not in vain. It was, it is, I know exactly what I want to use it for and I know exactly what it's going to be. Um, it's not going to be exactly what they think. Um, Cause it's not a wrestling movie. <laughs> it's just, you know, there's gonna be wrestling parts in it, but yeah. So like, cause so yeah, I've written, three more full-length scripts in the last few years they just haven't been made like i wrote the wrestling movie that i thought i was going to make that fell through and then i wrote the script you know a few months ago for that writing assignment 
And then when they told me that wouldn't work out, I wrote a brand new movie, a 107 page script after that, you know? Yeah. So like, so I can't remember if you said before, how long does it take from start to finish just to write the script? So my, my physical writing process is usually really fast. Um, favorite refrain took me three months cause it was the first script I'd ever written. And it was like, I mean, it was blank for three weeks and then I wrote the, or I wrote interior day yeah, yeah. and it was like, yeah, I'm a writer. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, low and peachy kicked around in my head for a few months and then I wrote it in a week. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say, I don't know. I'm a pretty, I'm, when I get going, I'm pretty prolific. Do you use a lot of caffeine or anything? <laughs> I do. I mean, I, yeah, I do. I drink caffeine. I don't, yeah, I don't, um, yeah, it's not it's not drug induced, yeah. <laughs> but it's maybe caf if caffeine is a drug, definitely no um, Adderall or nothing. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> no, all uh, all all legit straight me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like it's just I've decided that that is my priority. Like I, when <clears throat> you know when I'm dead and gone, he tried to be a filmmaker. I would rather fail at trying than succeed at accepting not trying. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. So as an example for my son, as the life that I want to build for myself, like that's like what drives me, you know? Hell yeah. That's awesome. Now is the, is the jazz cast, you said, is that just audio or you filming? Right now it's only audio. Is the reacts just audio? Reacts is video. Okay. And so. Is that like exclusively like on just like YouTube or whatever then? So it was exclusive to Patreon, but just this week I made the change to make it completely public. So it's going to be on YouTube and my Facebook and I have a Vimeo, which is what I do all all my video production out of. Because what a great site for indie filmmakers! Like you, you talked about, like you do music videos and stuff. Mm -hmm. Look at Vimeo; it's worth the money. Like you have to pay for them to host your videos, but the quality between Vimeo and YouTube is literally night and day, and it renders amazingly fast. Uh, you can download it, you can sell it. If you sell on Vimeo, you keep ninety percent of your profits. If you want to try the self-distribution route, which I don't recommend, I tried self-distributing and it doesn't get you anywhere from, from what I found, but look into Vimeo because I think it's really worth the money. I host all my videos out of it. The Mark's Record Collection, the Jazz Reacts, the web series, full-length movies, all uploaded there. It can be private, password protected, downloaded, sold, whatever. You, you said can, you had to pay to put your stuff on there? Yeah, if you upgrade to like the premium Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, I thought I had like a... There's a free version. Yeah, I think I had a, like a but it's Vimeo wrong. channel for like one of my accounts or something. Yeah. I tried before, but yeah. But it's really limiting. So what I'm doing now with the Jazz Reacts is I'm sending it from the Vimeo straight to Facebook. So like if you loaded up the Josh Brown Studios page today, right now you could see our latest reaction video embedded in the Facebook page, plays the whole video. Nice. And then I include the link to the YouTube because from Vimeo, you can upload to YouTube. Mm. straight away boom it just takes all the info over you don't have to wait for another upload it's like there in five minutes nice so yeah so i don't have enough followers on youtube to give a vanity url to plug my youtube same <laughs> hey, get, get on the youtube for both of them josh around studios <laughs> please man goddamn youtube one of my accounts is like an older account where it does have the custom url before they implemented that yep. like rule where you need like, I remember that. subscribers or whatever it's mm -hmm. like, god damn it <laughs> yeah and mine's like some bullshit like funny guy whatever like <laughs> like one of my nicknames that like well this is worthless to me and i can't change it <laughs> oh man <laughs> man so yeah so tell people where they can watch your movies get the podcast and everything so the movies that are done favorite refrain in low and pg 
Favorite Refrain is on Amazon Prime right now for free to stream. Low and Peachy will come back in some form. If it's the same title, I don't know yet. An Evening with Fiends, I'm currently submitting to film festivals to see uh, if there's any interest there. If there's not, the distributor has expressed interest in owning the rights to that one as well. Or I might just, I don't know, put it up on the Patreon or... I I just want people to see that movie. It's a, I'll talk I'll I'll like talk to you about it off mic about like kind of what makes it weird. I'll, I'll talk a little about it here. So, an Evening with Fiends is dubbed like an old Italian horror okay. movie where all the audio is out of sync on purpose and <laughs> like none of it matches up. And I can yeah I'll show you a little bit of it so we can see. And it's a shorter movie too. It's like an hour and two minutes. Um. But so that one's pending film festival submissions. And then when that runs its course, I'll decide what I want to do. Um, you can follow me. Uh, I have a website, joshinaroundstudios.com. And that's Joshin, no G. Uh, joshinaroundstudios.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram at joshinaroundstudios. Uh, Twitter is just Joshin Studios because of their character limit for their oh. names. <laughs> um, and then uh, my email address is joshinaroundstudios at gmail. So any question about any show, Mark's Record Collection, the movies, the web series, the podcast, the reaction videos, you can go there. And then I'm on Patreon too, which patreon.com slash joshinaroundstudios. I actually started that thing like seven months ago, and there's not a ton of traction there. It's, it's, it's really hard to get people to pay money for things these days with free to play games and waiting for it to hit streaming. And right. you know what I mean? Yeah. But I am just like, I'm putting my foot down and I'm like, no, my work has value. The people that collaborate with me have value. I'm paying them and I'm charging you if you want to see it. And I don't care how long I'm in the red. That's, we need to put value on the hard work that we do. I think definitely. So hell yeah. We'll get out there and fucking hit the shit up. Yeah. He's a busy man. It's not all for nothing. Go watch the shit. God damn it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Listen to the podcast. Man. The podcast is fun. I mean, video games and horror movies, you can't go wrong. We have a ton of fun on yeah, that He's podcast. got something, anything you like. Video games, movies. God damn it. <laughs> try to try to be multifaceted. Of course, yes. Studios, not films. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So hit it up. Josh Davidson. Josh and Around Studios. Get at it, motherfuckers. Thank you for being here, sir. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I, I don't know if I would do this again if somebody asked me, because I'm like, oh, my God, what, what are they going to ask me? What am I going to have to say? You just can't just, whatever you just said today, you just, just repeat the same shit over and over. <laughs> and, and that'll be practice for, like, if I ever have to do it for for real, if yeah, I ever get yeah. to make it. There you go. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I really appreciate the invite. It was totally cool. Again, I'm I'm a hermit, so I'm really... I really don't know what's going on. So if somebody reaches out, happy to help, you know, any way that I can. It's really cool. Yeah, I it really cool love to talk and get like hear the insight of behind the scenes, especially like in school and everything, like just learning about all that goes into just making a movie. It's crazy. It's a lot. It's very hard. It's not easy. Which but I mean I love it, you know. Like that's you know, I could have if I just wanted to if I wanted to call it a life and stick with my day job that is I could write out, you know what I mean? make decent enough money, pay the bills and then enjoy my free time and just relax on the weekends like everybody else do. That would probably be okay for most people, but for some reason it just is not for me. I, I freaking know. wish it was some days because <laughs> sometimes it's like I wish that like I didn't feel the urge and that need to do that, but every time I like think I'm going to be done, I like make it like 2 weeks before I get an idea nagging at me where I'm like I got to I got to do right. this, I got to right. do this. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't it. know how people can just work a day job. Fuck that shit. No. <laughs> 
Well, yes. Well, thank you again. Yeah, thanks. Very pleasurable. Until next time, motherfuckers, see you around. Peace.